Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Self podcast. I am Africa and today I want to pose a question. Do you know what you stand for? If someone was to ask you that question just randomly, you not expecting that it's going to happen, it's not a podcast, it's not a conversation, someone just asked that question, what do you stand for? Can you answer it? Or if they were to be even more specific, what are your values? Can you confidently answer that question? If you can, that is wonderful. I, I, I do still want you to hang around. <laughs> if you can't answer that question, let's get comfortable. Okay, let's get comfortable. I have my tea here, so I have already poured it. It's a big one. Today I'm drinking Mukoni tea straight from Zimbabwe. And it's so, so, so beautiful. I mean, I say this about all my teas, but I I wouldn't be drinking it if it wasn't very good for your immune system. It tastes really smooth. There's something um, something quite masculine about this tea, which I really like. Even just the color, just the darkness, the richness. It's a, ah, it's a beautiful woody type of tea. Um, and you only need a little bit, you only need a little bit to get the best of it. Um, so this is my bedtime tea. So I am ready. I'm in my robe. I'm in my glasses. I'm on my table. I'm looking at a large vase of some flowers that my darling friend, Aloea, who I will be talking about a little bit, um, in this episode, because she's really ignited some things for me, which have led me to realize that this conversation about values and about personal ethics and about integrity, about what you stand for, I knew that it had to happen today. So right now it's 11.32 p.m. and I am energized. I'm also quite tired because it's been a full week, but I'm energized at the same time. And we're going to get into it. But I, I say all of that to say that I am fucking ready, okay? I really want you to be able to answer that question. Do you know what you stand for? And not just preparing yourself for if someone asks you so that you can consult yourself and ask yourself that question so that you can filter your decisions through the answers that you get from asking that question. And in previous episodes, I've spoken about the importance of being rooted in your values being rooted in an internal system that is so robust that you're not easily swayed by whatever's happening externally. And at this moment in time, and I don't say this in in a sort of abstract, random way, but I do seriously believe that we're in a time of deep psychological warfare. And when I laugh, it's not because I don't take it seriously, it's because I really really have seen evidence of this. I'm not just saying it from my own subjective experience, but there's a lot. We need to be strong mentally is what I'm saying. We need to be strong emotionally is what I'm saying, because there is a lot happening out there that is very much out of our control. But as you know, the tagline of this entire fucking podcast is how to focus on what you can control, because I truly believe there is so much power there. So I think that for most people, when they hear maybe words like values or ethics, et cetera, it's, it's boring. And maybe they tie it to corporate culture because that's usually the context you hear it <laughs> being spoken. Um, but today we're talking about those things, those terms in relation to you, in relation to the relationship that you have with yourself and the world around you, but especially your internal world, because we need to know what we stand for. We need to be able to gauge what is important to us. We need to be able to gauge what is right or wrong according to you and your internal system, but not from a place of just labeling by default, but from a place of self-trust and really understanding yourself. And I've said this a thousand times and I will say it again, a lot of us don't trust ourselves because we don't even know what we stand for on the most basic level. And that is the conversation that I want to have with you today. Okay. Um, so dive in, dive in. If you can't give this your full focus and attention, maybe pause it and then come back to it because this is going to be one of those episodes, one of those conversations that 
is probably going to be even more potent if it's not sort of just in the background of your mind, if you can give it your full attention, um, if you so choose to. And I, I really hope you do. Okay. Um, so before we get into it, if you're not already, depending on where you're listening, if you're not already following the podcast, please do that. I would love you even more if for a second and you just rate it very quickly. It, it won't even take you long at all. I would really appreciate that because I've seen so many of you rate it and share it. And it really does make a difference because it allows us to reach more people. It allows this conversation to continue because I don't want it to just stay in a little tiny echo chamber. Um, I want it to be a discussion. It's, it's not just supposed to be a monologue. It's supposed to be a dialogue. I hope these are conversations that you can continue. So just by doing something that is seemingly insignificant as in pressing a little button, it signals something to other people who are not familiar with my work or just with this message or people that fucking hate self-help and think it's all the same. And then they, huh, they come across this and you know, it's not so bad. So yes, give it a rating. I would really appreciate that. If you leave a comment, even better subscribe, follow this so we can continue to have these conversations on a much, much, much wider scale. Um, let me give you a little life update because I actually quite like it when I share what I've been up to, uh, because I, I'm a very private person. I'm a very private person. Um, let me just sip, <laughs> let me just sip some of this tea. Mm. I'm a very private person. So I don't tend to publicly go into too much detail about what, what I get up to. I mean, you see me share my tea. If I go to pottery class, maybe I'll share something. If I'm going to my Pilates class, maybe rarely now and again, I might take a photo of the building because I just love it. It's so cute. <laughs> but generally you will never really know who I'm dating or the specifics of it or what I get up to. Um, and I will always hold that close to me because I'm just a private person. But at the same time, when I sit down and record this, it feels so intimate and it feels quite nice actually when I share what I've been up to. So the past week has been, um, it's gone by very, very quickly, but main things that I was doing, I was doing a couple of interviews, just having conversations. And I don't know if I mentioned this in previous episodes, but I, I think I did actually, um, in my, do I need to apologize episode, which you should listen to if you haven't already, because it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, I spoke about the fact that in the public conversations that I want to have and the discussions that I want to be a part of, I'm very, very selective and intentional about them. And to be honest, I've always been, but this year that is going to be 100% non-negotiable. Every conversation I have, I want it to add something. I want it to fill me up. I want to know that there's, I really want to tune into my bigger picture. I want to have just nourishing conversations that are not just about me, but they are about the wider conversation. So I'm really excited about the two conversations that I had um, last week because they were just brilliant, brilliant. I spoke to Neil, who is a Australian comedian. He's, he's wonderful and he's hilarious. And the way that he approaches some of the things that we're seeing in our culture is just so, so well done. And we had a beautiful conversation about an hour and a half and it was just, it was just so lovely. I'll of course be sharing it on my, um, social media, but maybe if you, if you're listening to this far in the future, I know that it's going to be on YouTube and other places, but that was a really refreshing conversation. Um, and then I had another one as well, which was just exploring my work, deep diving into what I do. Um, so that was kind of my focus for last week. And then at the time of recording this, I have my proposal. Well, the, the first draft of my full proposal is due in 48 hours and I have 6,000 more words to write. So please wish me luck. Um, but I'm tuning into one of my values, which I'm going to talk about, which is discipline. So I'm really fucking excited to get this done. I'm really excited to just get the ball rolling. And those people that listen to this podcast, you, are really going to be with me on this journey of 
proposal and auctioning the book, starting to write the book. It might take a year. It might take fucking two years. It might take three years, whatever. Okay. As long as I am doing this, this podcast through this vehicle, um, I will be sharing what that journey is like because it's, it's challenging me in really welcome ways. And I'm so thankful that discomfort is something that I do actually value because I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling discomfort (laughs) and I'm feeling discomfort in the most fascinating ways, because this is one of the most beautiful things to happen to me, to have the opportunity to write a book that even if one person enjoys, I will feel as if I've done what I need to do. Just locking in my thoughts and, you know, my, my views and where I am in life into physical form And knowing that I'll be able to hold this, look back in 10 years, 20 years, if I'm graced with, you know, if I'm graced with a full, full life and to just know that I allowed myself, I allowed myself to be seen in this way. I allowed myself to be visible in this way. I honored myself in this way and I have evidence of it. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I'm very grateful for it. But at the same time, just because something is wonderful and that it feels, you know, and that it's a great opportunity and that it it's aligned with success, whatever success means to you, does not mean that the process in itself is going to be a comfortable one. And that that's what this is for me. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that as it's happening. So the past week for me has been a lot of procrastinating, trying to make myself right, trying to create the perfect conditions to write. And then coming across the wonderful Emma Gannon, who is constantly reminding me that there aren't any fucking perfect conditions to write. You just have to write. You don't need incense. You don't need candles. You don't need dim lighting. You don't need any of that. You just have to fucking write. And I've also been listening to um, David Goggins, who actually my sister first told me about him maybe a couple of years ago. But I just thought maybe it's just like a self-help guy. And especially at that time, as much as I I really appreciate self-help, I'm not one of those people that shits on it entirely because I, what's wrong with helping yourself? There's just a certain type of self-help that really turns me off. And at that time, I was just trying to stay away from all things self-help, from all things coaching industry, and just try and create my own world, a world that feels authentic and true to me without being part of any type of industry. So I just thought, okay, it's probably just some fucking, uh, uh, motivating guy, but knowing my sister, she does have very good taste. So I was like, okay, I'll check it out sometime. Never really did. And recently just got reintroduced to his work quite organically, actually. Um, can't remember how exactly, but anyway, I'm listening to his book, Can't Hurt Me. And it's brilliant it is brilliant. This book is calling me out in, in all the ways that I welcome, in all the ways that I would welcome, even if I didn't want to fucking welcome them. (laughs) It's brilliant. I've been listening to that all week. Um, feeling very inspired, feeling very motivated. But one of his core messages is actually that motivation and motivation is useless because you need to still follow through with what you said you would do, even if motivation is not there. And that, that was me paraphrasing, but the way that he says it is so fucking powerful. And I know this intellectually. I mean, I've said this, I've probably said things like this to my clients. I, I tell myself this all the time and I do action it, but somehow hearing it in the way that he presented it. And at that precise moment, I remember I was walking, going on my walk, listening to this, and I was on my way back home and it was really fucking cold. Um, and I was wrapping myself up with my jacket, which is really warm, but it was just a very cold evening. And I'm listening to this audiobook, and the moment that he's talking about motivation and how motivation is useless, Um, you know, if you can't motivate yourself or really get yourself to follow through in the moments where you really want to pull the plug in the moments where you're really uncomfortable. Um, and I speak about this a little bit in my discomfort episode, which is the last episode before this, when I heard him say those words and speak in that way, 
there was a rush of warmth through my entire body. And it was, like I said, it was freezing. It was probably one of the coldest nights so far this year or in the past couple of months. But it's like a warmth just spread through my entire body. And it, it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was exactly what I needed to hear. And in that moment, a new value for me came up. Okay. So a few things have happened this week that have reminded me and have nudged me to make sure that today on Sunday, the 16th of January, 2022, I sit down and the only episode that is going to come out of me is the values one. And as I might have said, when people hear just the words alone, values and ethics, they, they don't really think about it. They don't really think about it. They don't really give a shit. They, they really don't give a shit. Maybe some people have even dropped off right now because it's not exciting enough for them, right? But understanding what it is you stand for, having that foundation is so important when it comes to self-censorship, when it comes to self-sabotage, when it comes to having firm internal and external boundaries, when it comes to you knowing what am I going to accept, not just from everyone else, but from me. What am I going to accept from myself? What am I going to accept from my incessant inner roommate, that fucking voice? What, what am I going to do in that situation that makes me stupidly uncomfortable? Values allow you to decide. Values allow you to have an answer that is going to be supportive of you instead of waiting for the external to make that decision for you. Whether that external is other people or your environment or just things that trigger certain behavioral patterns. So this is, I would really go as far as to say this is probably one of the most important episodes that I am going to record. So much so that I'm going to do this episode as an Instagram live so we can sit in different places. Um, that was one of the first moments that David Goggins audiobook, please listen to it, read it. If you haven't, can't hurt me. That was one of the first moments that really showed me that this week is the week that I need to have this conversation. And this was earlier on in the week. And then on Friday, I met up with my friend, Andrew, one of my wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friends, Andrew. And Andrew, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. And we went to dinner and as we usually do, we were having just these very normal, but very deep conversations, which is just how we are really reflective, curious people and values just organically came up as well, just through questioning and wanting to understand what's been happening with the other person, where we are, where we want to be values came up and we started speaking about embodied values, which are the values that you already have and the values that you know you exercise and you make sure that they are reflected in your day-to-day -day life. And then the other category is desired values, the values that you want to embody, the values that maybe you might think you value, but your results show you that actually maybe you don't value them as much as you thought. You kind of want to, and maybe for your fantasy self, you know, your fantasy self does, but your current self, who you are right now, you don't value them as much. And that was another moment of being like, okay, a few more days, Sunday's coming. This is what the conversation is going to be. And today, Sunday, this morning, I went to Columbia Road Flower Market with my wonderful, another wonderful, beautiful, <laughs> all of the lovely, lovely words I can say, Aloia. And we were doing exactly the same thing that Andrew and I were doing, just reflecting, just talking, just laughing, just loving each other, just asking questions, challenging each other a little bit through questions and, and all the rest and values were right at the center of everything. And outside of those people that I've listed, including David Goggins, who I don't know personally yet, but I, I was listening to his book just the conversations that I've been having with my clients, the conversations that I have with some of you 
on social media or even just in the comments on my posts, it always comes back to values, whether it's directly or indirectly, which is why this conversation that we're having today, although I mean, I, I, I always like to present my, my work in this way, although I'm going to present it in a very simple and accessible way, this is really profound. This is really profound. So those interactions and what I've been up to in the week has just made me sit here and get really excited about this, get really excited about this. Um, so let's dive into it again. The question that we're going to be exploring is, do you know what you stand for? And I hope that by the time you click out of this and you just spend some time, just allowing it to move around in your mind, move around in your world, in your body, just in your cells, I hope that you can come to a point of being able to answer this question. So as always, I like to give a clear definition of what we are talking about. So we're going to do that with values. Mm. A little sip of my tea. So by definition, values are principles or standards of behavior. Principles or standards of behavior. So they're one's judgment of what is important in life. Okay. So they allow you to know what is important in your life. And then these become principles that determine your standard of behavior. Ah, oh, so beautiful. I love that. I love that already. <laughs> I love that already. We can leave it there. No, no, no. <laughs> so I told you about these two categories that I came up with there's embodied values. So these are the values that you have already embodied. They are important to you in a non-negotiable way. Of course, your values can change. This is really important. There's a nuance that I want to add there. Of course, your values can change over time, depending on your age, depending on your relationships, depending on your environment, just depending on your, you know, if you change certain beliefs, what you value will also change, etc. So they are not rigid in that sense. And at the same time, when you do hold them, they are somewhat non-negotiable. So it might seem a little bit contradictory, but it's almost like boundaries. You don't want to be rigid with them. You do want them to be flexible, but at the same time, you want to be firm. You want to be firm because they need to stand in something. It's a, it's a foundation. It's going to hold the entire house. So when it comes to your values, when you do hold them, it has to be a bit of a dance between it being non-negotiable, but you also being somewhat open. Okay. But these allow you these allow you to determine what your standard of behavior is. They allow you to determine what is important in your life. So embodied values are what maybe it already comes to you as a default. It's really important to you. It's somewhat non-negotiable depending on what it is and depending on the context. So that's embodied values. And then the next category, you have desired values desired values. So these are the ones that you haven't really embodied just yet, but you really want to, and you have to be really fucking honest with yourself about this. And don't worry, I'm going to read out what mine are under the embodied values. And then I will also read out what mine are under the desired values. And you have to be really honest about this. When I say that, I mean, even when I was writing them down, I had to make sure that I'm not writing anything through the lens of my fantasy self. And we're going to do an entire episode on the fantasy self, the dangers of planning for your fantasy self, the dangers of making decisions for your fantasy self, instead of being honest about what's happening here in real time. And there's a difference between making decisions on who you are becoming. And we've spoken about becoming quite a little bit on this, on this podcast right? There's a difference between who you're becoming and your fantasy self. We're going to focus on that. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. But in writing these lists, I had to be very honest about the values that I have already embodied, the values that make themselves present in my day-to-day -day life and the values that I want to embody. 
So, and by the way, values, even if you just type into Google, moral values, personal values, etc., you will get so, so many lists, so many really useful lists, because I know sometimes it can be quite tricky to know exactly what is a value, what isn't. So that's homework that you can do. And it, I mean, it's, it's not exhaustive by any means. You can just fucking type it in and just click on something. You'll be able to see a list and say, okay, this one's mine. This one's mine. This one's mine. And this is what I want to embody. This is what I'm going to work towards. This is what I'm going to prioritize and to make important, super easy easy and simple, but so profound. And it allows you to have language to your experience. It allows you to be able to, as I said, filter your decisions, to filter where you stand, to filter the relationships you allow based on your values. Based on your values, you can start to be really intentional about creating value-based connections even instead of only connecting with people because they are left wing, because they are right wing, because they are a feminist, because there are whatever, whatever, all, all things that can be useful and can have their place in the puzzle that is your identity. I'm not throwing any of them in the bin entirely, but what I am saying is that value-based connections are much richer, much richer than any label that you can just step into where the values have already been decided. And then you start to experience an identity crisis when you, when you're drawn to something that doesn't speak to the values of this label that you wear, instead of just having your own values that allow you to be flexible, but you can still stand firm in them, right? Okay. I've just taken you, taken you away a little bit, but, (laughs) ah, this is why this entire thing is just, once you have this in check, it's much easier to do so many other things. It's much easier to focus on what you can control. So the embodied values that I have and the things that are non-negotiable for me at this moment in time in my life, integrity, freedom, comfort, discomfort, compassion, respect, authenticity, fun, curiosity, knowledge, and pleasure. And there are so many more because again, as I said, the lists are as long as, as my fucking arm. Okay. Um, I'm kind of laughing internally because how (laughs) that that saying is so cliche, as long as my arm, um, I could have added more. And a part of me was like, oh, should I add some more? But I had to, again, be really intentional about the ones that are my core values, my embodied core values, not just an extended list of just uh, so it can just be long for being long sake, but my core values, integrity, freedom, comfort, discomfort, compassion, respect, authenticity, fun, curiosity, knowledge, pleasure. And just knowing these things, it allows me to be able to make sense of my human experience. It allows me to make decisions from a very considered and informed place. It allows me to not be easily swayed by what the media is saying or what my friends are saying or what people in my industry are saying and the decisions that they are making. I will make my own decisions based on these things. And it also means that I will allow myself, I will allow myself to have experiences that fulfill those values, right? So knowledge being a core value of mine means that I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to fail so that I can find a lesson. I'm willing to listen to people that I can learn something from. Even if I don't fucking like them, I might be able to learn something from this interaction. And this is not me saying that every single interaction needs a learning moment because I don't think that's true. I think you can find a, a, a lesson and teach and a teachable moment if you want to, but I don't, I don't think it's necessary to find one in every situation. Me growing up in a home where there was abuse and my dad used to hit us and he used to hit my mom. I don't need to fucking find a lesson in that. Could I, if I want to, of course I could, but I don't, I don't, I don't need to. 
right? But it just means in certain situations, I understand that, okay, this might be a teachable moment. Um, and I, I always allow myself to be a student. I make sure that I am being very intentional about nurturing my own knowledge, that I'm being very intentional about hearing other people, learning from other people. So knowledge is a huge one for me. I love reading. I love, love, love reading. Um, and that sits right under there. For me, fun is an embodied core value. I make quite a lot of my decisions based on just how much fun I can have. And the levels of fun are different, right? Because if I'm doing an interview with someone, it could, it could even be quite a serious topic. Um, and I mean, I'm using, I'm using quite niche examples when I talk about an interview, because maybe most of you wouldn't be doing interviews with people, but you can, you can apply this to any area of your life. Right. Um, but if I'm doing something that on the surface level, you'd think fun, how, how can you have fun from this? But because I just value fun, that means that I bring a sort of appropriate sense of humor to whatever conversation I'm having. And if it's needed, I'll allow myself to experience it. If I think, you know what, this will be fun, that it's not even about the money. I just know that I'm going to have fun doing this. I know I'm going to have fun going to a university to have a conversation with people. I know that I'm going to have fun having a uh, dialogue with someone who's in comedy. So even though we're speaking about quite serious things, it's going to be really interesting. You know, I know that going, um, going to the no electricity cottage that I was staying in for a week. I know that's going to be fun. I know that's going to be fun because it will remind me of aspects of my childhood that I don't really get to tap into when I'm in London. I know that I'll be able to ride my bike for like an hour, you know, and there won't be any traffic. It's just me in the forest and my bike. I know that's going to be so much fun. So I'll make my decisions based on that right? Authenticity is another core value for me. This one is non-negotiable, non-negotiable. And it ties in with integrity. It ties in with integrity for me, which is another core value. It means that I choose, I choose to be authentic in every single situation that I'm in, in every interaction. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to get it right all the time. And when I say it doesn't mean that I'm going to get it right all the time. Specifically, I mean that, for example, if I'm with certain members of my family and I'm trying to think of a very, because something very specifically happened. How has it just entirely escaped my mind? There's a very specific example that I had with a member of my family where I had to ask myself a question. I had to say, was I being inauthentic at this time or was I just withholding information that I don't think is going to be useful in this conversation? So I think that's what was coming up when I said I might not get it right all the time because I think being authentic can look very different depending on who you're with. I hope that's making sense. I hope that's making sense. But for me, authenticity is something that I'm willing to do, even if I don't get it right all the time. And this is where my other core value, discomfort comes in. I'm willing to be uncomfortable so that I can fulfill that value of being authentic. I, I am, I'm very willing. Even though, especially when it comes to things like family, I do get tested because sometimes you want to please. Sometimes you just want the conversation to end. Sometimes you just want to agree because you think it's going to make peace. And again, that's exactly what I meant when I said, sometimes you might not get it right. I, I don't get it right all the time in many other areas I do, but I think with certain family members, you find yourself, um, behaving in a way that on paper is quite inauthentic, if you will. And I think that's a very human thing. I don't think it's about seeking perfection, but I think it's about embodying whatever that value is as often as possible so that it is part of your day-to-day -day in some kind of way. And authenticity for me also shows up in the sense that all the relationships that I choose to have, all, all the relationships that I choose to nurture and hold on to, 
I need to be able to see this value run through those relationships as well. If I feel like someone is inauthentic and instead of reacting straight away and cutting them off, I give it a chance just to really see, am I projecting in some kind of way? Is there something that I'm not really understanding? Um, I'll, I'll give it even just a, a tiny little extra moment just to really figure out what, what this is because I, my self-trust is really strong. So I do trust myself. I trust my judgment. I trust my gut, but I also use my logic and rationality. And if I find that I truly believe that this person is not being authentic, that is not a relationship that I will continue. Whether it's platonic, whether it is um, romantic, and even, even if it's familial, I've never really had to do, to disconnect from a family member, um, apart from one actually. And in all, in, in authenticity was not the only issue in that relationship, but it fell under, it fell under what happened. And I had to put that boundary to say, you know what? I can only have relationships that are authentic. I can only have relationships that are honest. I can only have relationships that are based on respect, which is another core value. I can only have relationships that allow me to feel as if I am learning something from this person and they are learning something from me. And it can be even in the smallest way. I'm not talking about in an academic sense. I'm talking about in a wisdom type of sense and, uh, and not even to say you need to get the same level of depth and wisdom from everyone, but the knowledge piece is still really important. I need to feel as if this person is adding something in the same way that I'm adding something. It has to be a reciprocal relationship. And for me, knowledge still speaks to that for me, maybe not to you, but for me it does. So All of these values that I've mentioned, integrity, freedom, comfort, discomfort, compassion, respect, authenticity, fun, curiosity, knowledge, pleasure, they do shape who I am. They do. And there are other values as well that I believe tie into into all of these in so many different ways. For example, I would actually, I've missed it here, really shouldn't have. Kindness is one of my core values. And I think niceness and kindness are two completely different things. Kindness is really, really fucking important because you can still be putting boundaries forward and being kind. You can still be firm and be kind. You can still be direct and be kind. You can still lovingly detach from someone and be kind. So for me, kindness fuels compassion, of course, which is already here. And it also fuels for me, the knowledge piece, because it means that even if I don't like this person or I disagree with this person, kindness allows me to maintain that softness that, uh, that again, allows me to actually take in the information that someone is putting forward. So kindness is another huge one, but the ones that I listed out here, they do contribute to my identity. They contribute to my sense of self. They contribute to how I see the world. They contribute to the decisions that I make around relationships, around career, around um, joy and play and all of the other things. And your values might look completely different, but I would really urge you to just do a very quick search on your preferred engine. Um, And just start to play around with what your embodied values are because you already have them. You already have them. The results that you see in your life, and this is going to be huge. You you might even want to write this down because I really want you to remember that the results you see in your life will show you what your values are. They will show you what your values are. I can use myself as as a brief example again, but even when I go onto my Instagram page, which is the only social media page that I have. And that's just a small part of my entire life, of course. But even if I was to look at it objectively, like someone who is not me, just looking, and I had a list of these values, I can see it. I can see it in my work. I can see it in how I speak. I can see it in my message. I can see it in the way that I speak to people right? I I can see it. Why? Because I've embodied it. And the results that I see in my life, 
show me what my values are. Because if I say I value freedom, I go around saying I value freedom, I value freedom, et cetera, et cetera. I tell myself I value freedom. But anytime someone expresses a different opinion to me, I feel like it's a threat and I make it my mission to silence them. I make it my mission to misrepresent them. I make it my mission to paint them as an enemy. I make it my mission to make sure that they experience material loss, that they lose their relationships. I publicly shame them. I do all of these things because their free expression is a threat to me. Do I, if I'm doing all of those things, do I really value, value freedom in the way that I say? No. No. If I truly value freedom, truly, in a non-negotiable way, would I be okay with seeing other people having their freedoms and their rights taken away from them? No. Not, not for me. Personally, not for me speaking, it would show me that maybe I don't value freedom as much as I think. Maybe my fantasy self values freedom and I actually don't because my behavior is showing me what I really value. Maybe this is not as important as I thought. That, that's where maybe you could throw context into it, right? And I do think context is important, of course, but when we talk about core values, for the most part, they have to be reflected in situations where maybe even you don't fucking like it. And that's how I, that's what, that's what works for me anyway. Running it through this filter is what works for me. But it's important to understand that the results that you see in your life and your behavior will show you what your values are. You could think you're all of these things, you know, and we, we do that. We love doing that for the fantasy self. We think we're all of these things and we're, you know, but your behavior, when push comes to shove, <laughs> your behavior and the results that you have will show you exactly what you think about yourself, exactly what it is you actually stand for. If you had asked me, when I was about from 19 up until 23, if you had asked me what I value and I didn't know what the fuck values are, then you showed me these lists and you said, okay, pick, pick out what you think your values are, um, or what you know your values to be. I would have, you know, said things like health, things like wellness, etc. Um, but at that time I was drowning my body in alcohol and different drugs. Yet I genuinely believed that health, I, I prioritized my health. I'm a healthy person. And because I didn't drink all the time, as you might've heard me mention, um, I didn't drink all the time. So I genuinely believed that I was healthy. Even though by then I'd already become so well-practiced at binge drinking and blackout drinking, and essentially killing myself without even realizing that this is what I'm trying to do. So my behavior showed me that I valued partying more. My behavior showed me that I valued alcohol more. My behavior showed me that I valued escaping myself more. And that can be uncomfortable to hear out loud, but I really, if there's one thing that you take away from this conversation, please remember that your behavior and the results you see in your life will show you what your values are. Please still write down that list of your embodied values, the values that you think you still have, right? The values that you believe that you live your life through every single day and you filter, you know, your decisions through them, your relationships through them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How you treat other people, how you treat yourself, filter through your values, still write that down, but then get very honest, get very honest and say, okay, but 
I value these things, but based on the results that I'm seeing in my life, is that really true? Is that really true? Or am I being shown that I value other things that I actually don't want to value? For example, if you say that you value honesty, are you being as honest as you can in your life? Is there a difficult conversation that you need to have? Is there a decision that you need to make, but you're not being very honest with yourself about this decision that you need to make? Do you really value curiosity or does it just sound nice to say? (laughs) Are you really that curious? Okay, if that's the case, then what are you actually doing in your life to really nurture that curiosity? Are you listening to different types of conversations? Are you allowing yourself to just try a new hobby? Maybe go to that dance class. Maybe go to that pottery class. Maybe go to that improv which is what I need to do. I really need to rebook that class. Okay, just reminding myself. (laughs) Go to that improv class and don't be like Africa and chicken out last minute and cancel it, which is why I'm rebooking it, right? (laughs) I really did chicken out and I never chicken out. I never chicken out, which is why I'm confidently making my way to their website and rebooking that fucking class. It's a comedy improv Um, I'm really excited to go back. So have a close look at that. Have a close look at that and make it fun. Make it fun. Don't make it dreary. It's quite exposing, but it's good for you. It's good for you. And then what you want to do now is to work on the next category, your desired values. So we've spoken about the embodied ones, the ones you already have, the ones that make themselves known in your day-to-day life. Maybe it's not really about having them perfect every single time, but you know that for you, these are really important and you do your fucking best to make sure that you're living through them, right? And then you have your other list of desired values. The ones that if you're being really honest with yourself, you don't quite embody them as much as you would like to not quite, right? So this list is where you get really honest with yourself. It's not for your ego. It's not for your fancy self. It's so you can actually see what it is that you need to tackle, see what it is you need to step into and start to practice and to make a part of your life. So I'll read you some of my desired values. Mastery, discipline, Structure, security, health, community, and relationships. And here's the thing. It's not as if I don't prioritize any of these things. It's not as if I don't know any of these things as a part of my life. For example, community, I have a online community that I have been nurturing consistently for the past six years. And I have a fantastic relationship with my community. There are people that I've never met that I feel like I know, you know, even more so than some of my extended family members, right? There's a rapport that I have with these people. A really deep connection, not just a false connection. Yes, it's a parasocial relationship, a one-sided one for the most part, but there are some people that I've really got to know. And it it feels, even though on my social media, the real truth is, is that it's an audience, but there is a community element to it that is so wonderful. But the reason why community is under my desired values is because what I want to embody is making real life in-person community a part of my life, a part of my world, a community that I can reach out to, whether it's locally or whether it's globally, in person, that rich community. And when I think there's a cultural aspect to this as well, because back home in Zimbabwe, it's so easy to, to create community and to know the people that live locally to you, to have really good, close relationships with the people that live next door. There's just a, it's a, it's a cultural thing, but here in London, especially, it's not really like that. You have to be very intentional about creating community, especially in person community, even with friendships, with groups. So for me, 
that's a desired value that I want to embody. I would love to just be able to say, yeah, community is something that I value because it sounds fucking great. But it's like, okay, but the results that I'm seeing, I'm seeing it digitally in one space, but I don't see it translate anywhere else. Yes, I have beautiful relationships. You know, yes, I have my family, but I haven't been intentional about creating community in other areas and bringing people together in real life. So that's a desired value that I'm committed to embodying. Mastery. I'm very fucking good at what I do. I really am. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I just, that's just the truth of what it is, whether it's my writing, whether it's my speaking, whether it's how I work with my clients, there are a lot of those things that just come naturally to me in the same way that I'm sure you have things that come naturally to you. And you have to fucking own that. You have to own that. You don't wait for someone to tell you that you're good at this. You tell yourself if that is actually the truth of the matter right? So there are things that I'm just really good at and I do them really easily. And it's beautiful how that works. Yes, I do work hard, but it's also things that come easily to me for the most part. But I want mastery to be a value that I fully embody. I want to be a master at what I do. I really want to harness my craft in so many ways because there are layers to it as well. There are layers for me to being, uh, not even just for me, there are layers to being a speaker, layers to being a writer, layers to whatever the fuck it is that you want to do, even if it's not attached to career, etc. There are layers to it. And I want to master my craft because if I can do things that feel easy to me now, what would it look like if I'm really committing to mastering it? If I'm really committing to be that lifelong student and what would a lifelong student do? And this is not about exhausting myself of fucking productivity bullshit. No, this is about mastering something, being in it for the long haul, which is, you know, a mantra that I use for everything I do. I'm in it for the long haul. There's no rush. I don't have any competition. It's just me. Just me driving very, very fucking slowly in my own lane, doing it the way that I want to, no pressure. And at the same time, mastery is my focus. So mastery is a desired value that I want to embody. With that comes discipline, which is another value that I want to embody. As I was writing this under embodied values, I really just wanted to write discipline. I would say that I'm not the most disciplined person. I'm not, I'm not. In some areas I am, but as a default, I don't think I really am. I have a bit of a rebellious nature and that rebellious nature is wonderful, but she needs to be in check. She needs to be in check. And she hasn't run riot in the way that she used to before we got sober, but she, she does need to be in check. I'm realizing just how beautiful discipline is, which ties into my next desired value, which is structure. I didn't realize how much I saw structure as an enemy but my world has completely changed and I've really reframed the idea of structure because structure means freedom. And I'm not talking about a um, possessive, sort of rigid, suffocating structure. I'm talking about the structure that allows me to really fulfill that embodied value of freedom. Discipline allows me to experience that freedom depending on what the context is and what, and what is happening, et cetera. But I, being able to give language to that, and this happened when Andrew and I were at dinner a couple of days ago, and it was so freeing to even just say that out loud, to realize that, oh my goodness, discipline and structure are not my enemy. They're not my enemy. They'll actually just allow me to be more free in what I do. It doesn't have to be restrictive. I'm telling myself that it's restrictive. They are not my enemy. They are actually my allies in the truest sense. And another desired value that I want to embody, deeply committed to embodying, is security. And I've spoken a little bit about 
how differently I feel about romantic love and my relationships with men. And a couple of years ago, I, I was talking about realizing that I really needed to work on being avoidant. And this is not me just labeling myself. It's just the reality of what it was, me being avoidant in intimate relationships, you know, maybe a part of me not feeling that I deserve to be loved in such a full and raw way, me feeling like it's a responsibility to love so deeply. But again, reframing what security means has been huge for me. Realizing that I do deserve to be secure in every single area of life. Financially, I realized that quite uh, quite some time ago now, which is beautiful. But now in my relationships, I deserve to feel secure. Security is not um, anything for me to feel guilty about or ashamed about or to feel like I shouldn't have that. I should have that. I get to have that. But I have to be proactive in getting that. It's not just going to fucking happen because I'm special. I have to be proactive and I have to value it so that I can see it when it presents itself. Oh, I would write that down. I have to. I have to be able to see it. I have to be open to it. So for me, that is one of my desired values. Health. As I was saying before, it's all well and good to say, oh, I value health and wellness, or I, I go to this place now and again, but what are your results showing you? Don't bullshit yourself. What are your results showing you? What is your behavior showing you? That you actually value it, or maybe you don't value it as much as you think. Because to attain it and to have it be an actual value that you practice in your day-to-day, -day, it's very likely that you're going to have to be very uncomfortable, that it comes with a lot of discomfort, right? So again, your behavior and the results that you see in your life will show you what your values are. So I had to be honest that, okay, I, I yeah, I prioritize my health. Uh, most of the time. And I do, I do think I do most of the time, but I don't think I've ever consciously thought about my health as a huge priority, as something that is so important. I'll be honest. I, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. And that's something that I want to embody as a value of mine. I value my health. So therefore I make decisions according to that value. I don't bullshit myself or say it so that my ego feels good. It's true. And because I value integrity, I, I'm, I better be fucking honest about that. Right? And then the rest of my desired values were a couple more. Community, as I mentioned, and relationships. And having those two categories, I just... Again, it's seemingly simple, seemingly simple. You will hear me say this in different episodes, on my lives, in different interviews. The seemingly simple things are usually the most profound. You just need two categories. Your, your embodied values, the things that you already do see in your day-to-day, -day, the things you actually genuinely know are important to you. And then your desired values, which is what you want to step into, what you want to include so that it becomes embodied. And this is not just fluffy, abstract self-help language. To embody something in the truest sense is to make it a part of you. I'm at a point now, and again, this is through consistent practice. It's not going to, your life is not going to fucking change because you've listened to this podcast. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's a constant practice and it's doing it even when you don't fucking want to, which is why for me, integrity is number one because it feeds everything else. Even when I don't fucking want to, I have to honor it. 
I have to honor it and I want to honor it. I want to honor it. And it's not always going to be convenient, but that's fine. That's fine. Because it's adding to my well-being. It's not taking, it's not taking a damn thing from me. Sometimes I might think that it's taking my freedom, but actually it's not. Actually, it's not because I'll never be free in a lie. I will never be free in a lie. So I'm willing. I'm willing to get uncomfortable. Please listen to the previous episode on discomfort if you have not already. You just, you have to be willing. Right? It's not always going to be convenient. Most of the time it's not. But you practice over and over and over again and over and over again. And the point that that I was getting to, and I'll close on this, is that it just becomes a part of you. It's about taking it as a part of yourself. Embodying something is taking it as a part of yourself. Even when I look at, because I'm looking at my both of my lists now, when I look at respect on my embodied values, it's right there with integrity. I would say integrity, freedom, and respect are right there, right there at the top. Respect is a foundation for me. You can disagree with me. You cannot resonate with my work, but respect is the bare minimum. I will always respect you. Always respect you until you give me a reason not to. It's my default. It's my default. I would, I couldn't be in a relationship with someone that I don't respect, with someone that doesn't respect me. And if we're arguing, if we're in a moment of conflict, everything that comes up will tell me if you truly respect me at my core. And anything that comes out of me will show you if I truly respect you at your core. So respect allows me to navigate life without having to wear all of these uh, labels or having to refer to so many external things to tell me how I should feel and what I should do. It's just, it's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. And that's just an example. It doesn't have to look the same way for you. None of this has to look the same way for you. Please, as always, take what you need and just respectfully leave the rest because it might be useful to someone. Okay. I really really hope. And you know what? In my heart of hearts, I know that this is going to be a very useful one to so, so many of you. And I would love to know what your experience of this process is and what comes up for you. If you want to share some of your values with me, please send me a DM on Instagram, um, at Africa Brook, and you can tag me, you can send me a voice note. Sometimes I don't see Things in the moment that you send them, I, sometimes I even see them a month later, but I do see them. I promise, I promise, I promise. And if you really want to make sure that I see something, the best way is to send me an email, hello at africabrook.com. If you put beyond the self in the title, it will stand out and I will know where you're coming from. Um, but please, I, I, I really would love to know what some of your values are. I'm just really intrigued. You can take a screenshot and tag me, as I said, on Instagram, if you do have it. Um, but I just hope this is something that you revisit and you hold close to you because when someone asks that question, do you know what you stand for? And it's not an everyday question that you're just going to get randomly, but it's one that you at least need to be able to answer. It's one that will be asked in different ways and one that will be brought to you and your consciousness in different ways where you have to speak up about something, where you have to stand up for yourself or someone else. And those are just a couple of examples. When you need to make a decision you never thought you were going to make, even something, something exciting. I'm not even talking about the dark and dreary stuff, but when you need to make a, a really life-changing decision or something small that's going to move things forward in such a beautiful way, your values, both embodied and desired, allow you to do that. Remember the episode that we did on becoming? I believe this was the why faking it till you make it doesn't work and what you can do instead. Go to that episode as well, because we talk a lot about becoming in that and it ties in with everything we're speaking about right now. 
You make decisions based on who you want to become. I've spoken about the be, do, have model as well. Who do I need to become? What do I need to do? By understanding those two areas, I will have this. Be, do, have. Faking it till you make it. It's not a fucking thing. It doesn't work. You should focus on becoming. And to know who you need need to become, you need to know what values you need to embody so you can work towards it. You need to know what your desired values are so you can bring that to the forefront. So all of this ties in. All of this builds on each other. All of this is about identity, your sense of self, that ebb and flow internally, that dance between the internal and the external. And knowing what your values are, it really is the bare minimum. It really is the bare minimum, but you get, you're rewarded so highly by yourself and the world around you. Ooh, Let's have a last, uh, last little sip of tea. Mm. I cannot thank you enough for listening to this full episode. <laughs> wow. I, I feel like my mind is whirring big time. I, I can't wait to listen back to this. I, I can't wait to listen back to this as well. So if you've made it all the way from the beginning to to the end, thank you so, so much for your time, for your attention. As always, if this has resonated with you, chances are it's going to resonate with someone you know, or even someone you don't know. So please do share this on your social media, in your private conversations with people you know. Um, let's, let's please keep the conversation going because I think this is the missing piece for so many of the conversations that people are having or just the identity crisis that collectively we're all experiencing and, you know, being easily swayed and manipulated and controlled and influenced in ways that are not really adding to who we are. It's because many of us don't actually know what we stand for. And it's not a moral failing to not know any of these things, but you can do something about it. You fucking can you can. And I I will not have you thinking that you can't, that you're helpless. You can do something about it. And it's all internal to begin with. Before you even dare think about externalizing anything, you better know internally that you really stand for what you say you stand for. And if you know you don't, then it's something to work towards embodying right? Okay, good. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to head to bed now. It's nearly 1am, but my little brain is, is now just, now I feel even more awake. Anyway, I hope that I'll be hearing from you soon to just know what your values are, because I'm, um, again, really, really interested, really interested in this. Um, but sit with it, have a think, make it fun. It doesn't have to be dark or dreary or serious. It can be a bit challenging. And as I said, exposing many things are, and it's fine. That's why we're here. We know why we're here. Right. Um, but we're not here to just ruminate and to pathologize and to just make it a whole fucking thing and label everything. No, this is just curiosity. Allow yourself to be curious, allow yourself to be honest though, most importantly, And I really, really look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If there's anything you want me to talk about or anything you want to dive into, any areas that you would really like to take a close look at, send me an email, hello at africabrook.com, and I will add it onto the list and we will make it happen because there's always a way, always a way to weave these things into um, self-sabotage or into identity in general or human behavior, because that's all it is ultimately in our relationships. So yes, I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. Take care.